This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. We are in week two of our Thanksgiving series that we launched last week. And so for those of you that were here last week, we talked all about generosity. And we talked about how generosity is a heart posture. Just a quick little review. It'll be up on the podcast tomorrow if you missed it. You can check it out along with today's uh, message. But uh, we talked about how generosity is a heart posture. It's a perspective. And we talked about how it's never a bad time to be generous. It's never a bad time to be generous. And so we did this Thanksgiving series talking about generosity to kind of focus this holiday season on generosity. Focus our hearts this holiday season when everything around us is saying, consume, consume, consume. I mean, we're just past uh, Black Friday. We got Cyber Monday tomorrow. All this stuff, buy, 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 spend, 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 consume, consume, consume. We thought, you know what, we probably need to refocus ourselves on Christ and refocus on this idea of, of generosity. And so today, we're talking about sort of the flip side of the coin of generosity. It's two sides of the same coin. We're talking about gratitude. And recent studies have shown that generosity and gratitude go hand in hand. Not only psychological, but like neurobiological. They're like symbiotic to one another, right? They work in the same way, the same fashion. And so this past week was Thanksgiving. And so uh, being grateful and and thankful and um, gratitude has been sort of in the forefront for all of us, right? Thanksgiving's got a lot of us in all the right feels, right? I see it all over your social media. You know, you got all these posts of, like, your food, and you're like, hashtag thankful. And, like, your kids all posed in the hashtag grateful, hashtag blessed, right? Or or pictures of our family are hanging out. I mean, I'm guilty, too. You know, it it is what it is. Um, But it's got us all in this season of, like, it heightens our attention to gratitude, right? Around Thanksgiving, it's easier for us to be thankful because the entire country sort of pauses and says, hey, it's Thanksgiving, Hey, be thankful, right? And so we're all kind of focused on that. And this season, you know, for some, it highlights how we're super, super grateful, right? We're super thankful for our family. We're super thankful for, you know, the food that we're able to have, the gathering of of our relatives and all that stuff. Others of us, not so much, right, if we're being honest. Others of us, it highlights the lack thereof. You know, for some of us, the holidays highlight a time of loss. It highlights a time of loneliness, Right? It, it highlights a time of maybe hard times, a tough season, left wanting and all of that. Right, The holidays sort of highlight those things. But what I want to do this morning is I want to look at a passage of a letter that was written by this first century church planter to a church, a group of people. Um, it's called First Thessalonians. It's found in your Bible. So if you have your Bible, you can bust that out. And we're going to be spending some time in that this morning. You can write and take notes in the margins and group stuff together and whatever. If not, you can use a device or it'll be on the screen or whatever. But we're going to look at a passage from First Thessalonians that's a mandate, that is a sort of encouragement for Christ followers. It, it, it describes God's will for all of us. And so it's pretty cool. There's three verses to this passage that we're going to look at. And if we took any one of the three verses that we're going to look at today and applied it to our lives, actually applied it to our lives, it could radically and drastically change everything for us. It could be a total game changer for us. And so I'm really, really excited to jump into this this idea of thanksgiving and gratitude and generosity and all that. So let's pray together, and then we'll unpack this passage uh, for a few moments. So let's pray. God, thank you so much 
for this morning. Thank you for the time that we get to spend to just hang out with one another, to experience community together. God, thank you for the freedom that we have, the liberty that we have to sing songs of praise and adoration in public like this with one another in a local assembly. God, I thank you for your word and the truth and the encouragement and the inspiration that it can give us in our daily lives. God, I pray this morning as we, as we open your word, I pray that it would speak truth to us. I pray that we would prepare, you would prepare our hearts now to receive what you have for us today. God, soften our hearts, open our minds, make us receptive. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. If you want to turn in your Bibles, like I said, it'll be on the screen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And it says this. Be joyful always. Guys, that could be a mic drop moment and I could walk out. And if you applied that to your life, it would change everything. Just that, that one statement. Be joyful always. And then the very next one, verse 17, pray continually. Again, I could mic drop and walk away, and if you apply that to your life, it could change everything. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Again, apply that to your life. It'll change everything. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. That's three verses, and that is like a whole bunch of meat right there. That's a whole bunch of life application. We could take the next six months and practice those three things and still not be experts at it. That's some heavy stuff. Let me explain kind of what's going on here. Um, there's this first century church planner, like I just mentioned, named Paul, who is writing a church, a body of believers, a church much like this, in a town called Thessalonica, okay? And he's writing them this letter to encourage them in their faith. The reason he's writing them this letter to encourage them in their faith is because, number one, they have a bunch of questions of how this stuff shakes down and how this stuff all works out and, you know, what should we do, how should we respond, all this sort of thing. But also because they're under persecution. So they're in the midst of, like, the fire, right? Literally and figuratively. They're in the midst of this persecution, these hate crimes, this prejudice, right, this injustice that's taking place. They're in the midst of all this. And then Paul writes and says, be joyful always. He says, pray continually. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. When he's writing this to them, think about their circumstances. And he says, give thanks in all circumstances. He's coming at them with like bombs right here. They're reading this letter, you know, the way that they used to read their letters, they'd read it out loud among the whole church. And so when the, when the person's reading this letter, chances are, they read and they come on this, chapter 5, you know, they've been reading for a little bit. Verse 16, be joyful always. I can imagine some eye rolls in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, joyful. Yeah, okay. He says, pray continually. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to do that. Give thanks in all circumstances. Can you believe this guy? Can you believe the nerve and the audacity that he would, does he know what we're, 
And so that's sort of the context in which this is coming in. The rest of chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, it talks about personal watchfulness. Basically, it's future tense, and they're talking about warnings and challenges. Paul's coming at them and he's saying, listen, this is what's coming up in your faith journey. You need to be careful. You need to watch this. You need to be careful about this. Things are going to happen. He's talking future tense. But then in 12 through 15, which sets up right before where we jump in at verse 16, verses 12 through 15, he talks about church life. Talks about the responsibilities of a Christ follower and what this looks like living it out in communal relationship and all of that. And then it gets to verses 16 through 24. And 16 through 24 talks about holy living. He's saying you need to guard yourselves. It's a very practical, general exhortations of how we should live our lives now. How holy living should take place in the here and now. And so in verses 16 through 18, which is what we're focusing on, he talks about personal living. He says this is how you do it. This is for you specifically. And then in 19 through 22, he talks about corporate living, how we get to get along together. And then uh, 23 and 24, he talks about divine enablement, how God's going to help us and empower us and all the Holy Spirit and all that sort of thing. But what I want to do is I want to break down these three verses just a little bit further and really kind of nail, the, the, drive the point home with you that these three things can radically and drastically change your life. Change your life. Verse 16, be joyful always. Be joyful always. Let me just throw a precursor out here, okay? I know I'm standing higher than you, but I'm not on a high horse here, okay? When I'm telling you to be joyful always, I'm also telling me to be joyful always, okay? When I'm telling you to pray continuously, I'm also telling me to pray continuously. When I say give thanks in all circumstances, I'm saying it to myself as well. We're in this together, right? Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I'm like super joyful, super thankful, super prayer warrior guy, okay? I'm a normal guy, got four kids. I yell at my kids sometimes. You probably do too, right? No? I'm the only one? Man, I got a bunch of liars in church. Should I change my, should I talk about thou shalt not lie? Should that be, is that the next thing on the horizon here, right? I'm normal too, okay? And I go through this stuff too. In verse 16, he says, be joyful always. Paul knew what they were going through when he was writing the church in Thessalonica. God knew what we were going to be going through to read this this much later, right? Human nature, they know human nature enough to know that we need a reminder to rejoice at all times. Rejoice at all times. It's this idea that a Christ follower's joy is not a product of their circumstances, Say it again. It's this idea that a Christ follower's joy is not a product of their circumstances. A bad day shouldn't steal our joy. Some bad news at work shouldn't steal our joy. A bad series of events in our life shouldn't steal our joy. Some bad news at the doctors shouldn't steal our joy joy. Maybe our momentary happiness, but this idea that says be joyful always, it's this understanding that our joy comes from the Lord, not from our circumstances. That our joy is this deep, abiding, inner rejoicing that comes from God, not because someone said something nice about us at work. Not because we got a healthy, clean bill of health. Not because some things happened and you found a quarter in the parking lot. By golly, there's my joy. Right? It's this idea that our joy comes from the Lord. Paul says, be joyful always. Verse 17 says, pray continually. 
This doesn't literally mean pray without interruption, okay? This doesn't mean, oh, Holy Father, hallelujah, my son comes up to me and needs a drink. Too bad I'm praying, leave me alone, right? Back to my prayer language. That's not what this is talking about. It's not talking a continuous, non-interrupted prayer, right? The Greek word that's used here is the same Greek word that's used in the Koine Greek language for a hacking cough, right? You ever had one of those coughs that just doesn't go away, and every time you, like, breathe in, you cough? Every time you turn your head, you cough? Every time, you know, the wind blows, you cough, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? You look up too fast, you cough. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? And it's just like this nasty thing. Now, when you have that cough, it's not a continual, non-interrupted cough, right? You're not like, what's wrong with that guy? Oh, I got a cold, uh, right? I mean, that would be ridiculous to think that. That's why Paul uses this language when he says, pray continually. He uses the same language that they use as a hacking cough. Every opportunity that you get, pray. Doesn't mean you pray with, like, this whole pray without ceasing thing. Doesn't mean you neglect your job and your wife and your family and everybody else and I'm going to be so holy, I'm going to pray without interruption. No, he says pray continually. Pray continually, meaning continuous fellowship with God as much as possible. Don't let wasted time be wasted time. Every opportunity that you get, spend time with God. When you're in the car, on your way to work, rather than looking to listening to Battle of the Roses or Who Cheated on Who's Ex and catching people in phone scams, spend some time with God. Is that a gut punch for some of you? The chuckles, I think I read your mail. Um, when you have time in the car, spend time with God. Pray continually. When you have time in the shower, rather than thinking you're Pavarotti and singing off-key the whole time, spend some time praying with God, but the acoustics are so good. Pray. Spend some time in prayer when you have downtime, when you have a work break, and you're looking up. Rather than checking your socials, what if maybe you spend some time in prayer? Pray continuously. When you're in the bathroom, I feel like since social media, people who take dumps, am I allowed to talk about, I'm allowed to talk about this. I'm the one with the microphone. When people take dumps, or number twos, or go potty, or have a mess, or whatever you want to call it, when they're sitting on the toilet crapping, it takes like five times as long now. Have you noticed that? Because they sit down and they're like, all right, let me just uh, see what's going on over here. And they sit in their own stench, which is disgusting. And they're touching their phone and then they put it away and they do their business and then they pick up their phone and talk and it's, it's gross. But rather than sitting on the pot on your social media for 20 minutes or getting your next turn in eight ball, what if you spend some time in prayer? Oh, but Sam, I can't handle the smell. Well, it doesn't deter you from social media, so it shouldn't deter you from God. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but what if we take some of those moments, some of those opportunities, and we pray continually? Anytime that you're alone with your thoughts, pursue fellowship with God. Be joyful always. Be joyful always. That'll change your life. Pray continually continuously seek relationship with God. Every opportunity that you get, every free moment that you get, seek relationship with God. And then verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Remember, Paul's writing this to the Thessalonians who are under persecution. When the Thessalonians read this, they're thinking of their current situation. 
they're thinking of, of their current struggles, their current hate crimes, their current injustice, their current prejudices, their current persecution. And Paul's saying, yep, even in those situations, even when life is the hardest it's ever been for you, give thanks. Be thankful. Not just around the holidays. Not just when Hallmark says it's time to eat turkey. That's when you should be thankful. Paul's saying you should be thankful in all circumstances. Verse 16, always be joyful. All the time. All the time. Circumstances don't dictate, dictate our joy. Our joy comes from the Lord. Be joyful all the time. Pray continually all the time. Not necessarily uninterrupted, but pray all the time. Every opportunity that you have, seek relationship with God. Give thanks in all circumstances, all the time. And after it talks about these three actions, then it says, listen, these three exhortations are not just good advice. These are not just things that are like, hey, add these to your tool belt, brother and sister, and you'll be a better Christian, right? That's not the idea. These are not just like good advice. This is God's will for every believer, Paul says, this is God's design for you. This is how God has called you to live. This is God's best life for you. Obviously, it's not in totality and all-inclusive, and this is all you have to do. But God's saying, listen, Paul's saying, listen, this is how God wants you to live. As a Christ follower, you should be joyful always. As a Christ follower, you should pray continually. As a Christ follower, you should give thanks in all situations all the time. Because he says, and that is God, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As Christ followers, you are called to be joyful always. As Christ followers, you are called to pray continually. As Christ followers, you are called to give thanks in all circumstances. And some of you are sitting here thinking, well, why? Why, why are we called to do that? How does that work? Because sometimes life hands you lemons. You know? Sometimes the report is not good. Sometimes work does suck. Sometimes the holidays does highlight things that are not positives in my life. Why should I stay joyful? Why should I keep praying? Why should I give thanks even in those circumstances? Why should Christ followers do that? Well, that comes from an understanding and a perspective that this world and all that it entails everything that can be handed to us, everything that we can face, everything we can encounter. It's this idea that this world and all that it entails to us is secondary to Christ and salvation. That's the idea. That's the foundation. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you make the decision that I'm going to follow Jesus in this life, I'm going to identify myself with Christ it's this idea that everything in this world is secondary to that. So Sam, how can I be joyful when all this crap is going on around me? Well, that's secondary to Christ. Well, Sam, how can I give thanks in all circumstances? Well, your circumstances, that's secondary to Christ. How can I pray continually? You need to pray continually because Christ is the most important. That's the thing. Everything else is a thing. That's the thing. That's why Paul can say this to people who are being persecuted. Families that are being destroyed and ripped apart. Murder that's taking place. Injustice. That's how he can say that to these people. And them go, oh, yeah, that's right. It's all secondary to Jesus. That's 
that's, that's how that works. And so it's almost like we could say, in light of Christ, be joyful always. In light of Christ, pray continually. In light of Christ, give thanks in all circumstances. And the reality is, if we reverse engineer this thing a little bit, the reality is, is that when we struggle in these areas, when we struggle in these areas of being joyful, when we struggle in these areas of, of prayer and praying continually, when we struggle in these areas of giving thanks in the midst of our circumstances, that's just a symptom of the problem. The problem is our view of Christ. The problem is our perspective of Christ. If we lose our joy over circumstances, it means we've lost sight of who Christ is and what those circumstances are in relation to that. When we're having trouble in our prayer life and seeking relationship with God, it's because we've gotten distracted by other things and our perspective and view of Christ is off. That's the problem. Prayer is just a symptom. Joy is just a symptom. Thanksgiving is just a symptom. Christ is the solution. Does that make sense? When we're having a hard time being thankful in our circumstances, it's because we've lost sight of where Christ is in relation to our circumstances. Everything down here is secondary to Christ and salvation. Does that make sense? That's why Paul can say, all the time be joyful. All the time give thanks. All the time be in prayer. Because if Christ is the center, everything else revolves around that. Everything else is secondary to that. He says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so in hearing that this morning, knowing that you came here to experience God, what do you take away from that? How does that sit with you? This 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. How does that sit with you? Are you inspired by that? You're like, yeah, awesome. Are you challenged by that? Are you frustrated by that? But Sam, you don't know. You don't know what I got going on. You don't know where I am. You don't know what's happening in my life. Are you frustrated by it? Because here's the deal. Your response to this passage is directly linked with your response to Christ. And so if this frustrates you, then maybe you need to re-approach re Christ. Maybe you need to re-seek Christ and say, oh, yeah, everything else is secondary to that. That's right. Maybe you just need sort of a perspective shift. Maybe you just need to kind of some, a little bit of a moment of clarity. How does 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, here's another question. How does it reflect you? If we're being introspective for a moment and, and kind of, you know, airing our own laundry, is this an accurate depiction of you, Joe the Christ follower, <laughs> Sam the Christ follower, right? When you look at this and you say, okay, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, how does that reflect you? And your faith journey? How does that reflect you with your family? How does that reflect you at work? How does that reflect you when you're in the car by yourself? How does that reflect you when you're at the bank? How does that reflect you at the grocery store? How is this lived out in your life? Because it's God's will for all believers, you and me included. That's God's design for us, is to be joyful, to pray continually, to be thankful in all circumstances. So how does that reflect us. How are you reflected in this? So my challenge for you is this, is to take this passage, take the ideas of this passage, 
and insert your name into it. I do this with the fruit of the Spirit too. But insert your name in this. And if you say it, and you almost have a heart, like I'm kind of chuckling a little bit because I know I'm about to say my name in all of this, and I think it's funny because I got so far to go. But if you can insert your name in this and say, Sam is always joyful. Yeah, I feel like I'm a pretty joyful guy, but always joyful? I got some work to do, right? Sam is always just continually praying. Sam is praying continually. I mean, I pray. Am I praying continually? I, I could do better, right? Sam is always thankful. Sam is always thankful. Guys, I piss and moan about my 2003 Yukon with Russ all over it all the time. All the time. I don't even have an exhaust on that thing. You can hear me from three miles away. And I complain about it all the time. Sam is always thankful. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, uh. Kidney punches left and right. I mean, that's a litmus test. Do it for yourself. Sam is always joyful. Sam is praying continually. Sam is always thankful. If those statements are not true about you, then you need to work on it. If those statements are not 100% true about you, you need to work on it. You've got room for growth. I, I got room for growth. You probably got room for growth too, if I had to guess. In light of Christ, are you joyful always? In light of Christ, are you praying continually? In light of Christ, are you always thankful? So the band's going to lead us in one more song. And I want to give you guys an opportunity to do some business with God. Because chances are, when you insert your name into there, you're probably chuckling a little bit too. And if that's the case, I want to give you an opportunity to talk to God about it. Say, God, man, listen, I've allowed the junk of this world to steal my joy for too long. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. My joy comes from you. Everything else is secondary. I need to refocus. I need to recalibrate. I need to get with you. Or God, you know, listen, my prayer life, this is the first time I've prayed since my meal on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I need, we, let's, let's, let's hang out more, man. Let's talk more. Let's, today's the day. Let's, let's do this thing. For God, I need to be more thankful. I need to recognize all the blessings that you've given me in this life. And I just need to be thankful about that. God, help me to have a perspective of gratitude. Help me. But I want to give you an opportunity to have, have that conversation with God, do business with God. So let's pray together. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.